Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. These are the prison epistles. Marshall McLuhan is a famous Canadian professor who coined the term that the medium is the message, meaning uh, the way that we receive information or truth changes how we view that truth itself. Uh, Neil Postman, who wrote, wrote an amazing book on the way that television uh, is changing society, it really illustrates this well too, where he says that before television, we were a print society. We, we looked at ideas and words and formulated our opinion of truth. But uh, with, with the advent of, of television, now we, we connect images um, to these ideas. And so um, really, really portrayed well in, in politics where political discourse used to be all about uh, print, where now we look at political debates and we're judging uh, a politician also based on, on their attractiveness, on their confidence, on their appearance, um, as well as their ideas, in some ways more so on, on their appearance than on the actual content um, itself. And so, so the medium of, of television, the medium of video has changed the way that we process reality and truth. The medium has become part of that message. Um, and now social media has caused a similar transformation in our world. Um, there was, it used to be that, that experts, uh, we, we looked at experts and we would give them a platform on a specific topic. People who had education and accreditation, they studied. Um, but now social media has kind of done away with the platform. Uh, the raised platform, and now there's a level platform where everyone has a voice. And so uh, the 13-year-old kid who's writing from his bedroom uh, is given the same platform as, as a 70-year-old PhD who spent his life studying on a topic. There, there's a level platform for everyone, and there's no longer uh, really the opportunity for the expert to be heard above the rest of the crowd. We've seen over the past decade as well that it's not just the 13-year-old troll who's writing, you know, in his pajamas, um, these crazy ideas and just throwing them out into the world on, on this level platform, but we also see these, um, these foreign agents who actively uh, want to spread disinformation for the sake of creating division. And so also on this platform, you have agents of hostility. There was once a time when when it came to the Bible, that people would look to pastors and scholars, people who spend their lives studying the text and studying the languages and studying the context to understand what the Bible was really saying. And, and today, I mean, anyone, uh, anyone with an internet connection can learn a Greek word and come up with their own idea and their own perspective. And then for us, it's, you know, if we hear something that we like and we want to agree with, and that becomes truth. And it's really a dangerous place where we've created this level platform for everyone and all truth seemingly is equal. Uh, we no longer look to specific experts or people um, who, who are accredited. And, and when it comes here to uh, Colossians, uh, Paul is writing to a church that, that he didn't plant, but that he loves dearly. Um, it's kind of like his grand church. And uh, there are these false teachers coming in, and they're, they're bringing a false gospel. And much of the New Testament is written uh, trying to combat these false gospels, these people who come in preaching something other than the gospel. And, and Paul wants to, to call them to, to not be pulled away, not to be strayed away, not to fall into false teaching. Uh, and, and so... We don't know exactly what the false teachers were, were, were proclaiming here in Colossae. And, and I wonder actually if God has left that intentionally vague to keep the timelessness of the warning uh, for us. 
So Colossians 2, uh, starting in verse 6. Therefore, as you received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him, established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. Uh, Again, coming back to the supremacy of Christ, uh, coming back to just Jesus about faith and grace and the gospel, the good news, which which is not by works, but through faith. Uh, See to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit according to the human tradition. Uh, According to human tradition, according to the elemental spirits of the world and not according to Christ. For in him the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily. And you have been filled in him who is the head of all rule and authority. Uh, some of the some of the, the heresy that seems to be creeping in is about mysticism, uh, uh, worship of angels, and also this aestheticism of of denying the flesh and and, and pursuing um, sort of legalistic uh, sort of means, similar to what we saw uh, in in the Galatian church, where these Judaizers were coming and saying you need to bring in the Jewish law as well as Jesus. He says, remember Christ, remember the gospel that you accepted. Don't add on to it. In him also you were circumcised, with a circumcision made without hands by putting off the body of the flesh uh, by the circumcision of Christ, having been buried with him in his baptism, in which you were also raised with him through faith in the powerful working of God, who raised him from the dead. He's saying circumcision now is not an external, um, but rather it's an internal, that Christ has fulfilled the work of the Old Testament. Uh, Again, combating some of these sort of legalistic additions that might be trying to come down on the church, that it's just Jesus focusing on him uh, and not on these external works you have to do in addition. And you were dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh. God made alive together with him, having forgiven us our trespasses. Uh, going back again to, to the reality that we were dead. We were unable in our own doing to be able to find salvation, but that God in Jesus accomplished it for us. It's all grace. It's all Jesus. Again, most of Colossians is about the centrality of Jesus for all of us. By canceling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demand, this he set aside, nailing it to the cross. He disarmed the rulers and the authorities and put them to open shame by triumphing over them. The triumph was when a Roman uh, general would come through the town uh, with a parade where he'd be dressed up and he'd be uh, victorious and honored and, and all of his captives would be humiliated and pulled behind him. Again, that Christ is sufficient and supreme over all else, including the old law, including uh, anything that you might want to add to it, that Christ is supreme. And so as we come to this idea of resisting false teachers, um, we remember that the culture that we're in is, is this one of a level platform and truth that can be so often to nail down, particularly now. We must confess that, that um, everything is, is just a hot mess of ideas and opinions, um, truth, false truth. How do we navigate? And I think Jesus says that it's important uh, that we be as innocent as doves in our character and our purity, but also as wise as serpent, that there needs to be a shrewdness, that we need to be aware, that we need to be wise, that we need to be paying attention. And it brings me to the theory of argumentation. That's not how to, to fight, it's not how to disagree, but rather it's, it's this uh, classical idea of, of how to create conclusions based on premises. So again, we're going to do something a little bit different here this morning, but in terms of how do we, how do we find truth in the midst of, of, of mistruth? Uh, a false information. How do we find truth? Um, I like to watch late night talk show hosts. Um, 
uh, often because I disagree with their premises on, on most things, um, but it forces me to hear their opinions um, and then try and pick apart um, perhaps inconsistencies, assumptions, biases in their premises and go, how, how would I, I don't, under, I don't agree with their conclusion, um, but is, is it me that needs to change or is there a hole in their, their logic? And so I, I like to hear different sides and different opinions and often they'll expose me to things, different, different sides of things that I might not naturally come to. Um, but, it, but, it, but it also forces me into the exercise of, of examining their argument and actually asking the question, where's the hole here? Where's the assumption? Uh, and so it brings us to one type of arguing, which is a deductive argument. A deductive argument very simply is uh, you have uh, propositions or, or premises. So one premise, another premise, and then a conclusion. So you have premises, pieces of information, statements, which lead to a conclusion. A basic deductive argument would be this. The library, so premise A, the library is not open on Sundays. And you, you can fact check that, you can, you, you know, you can look into it, you can examine that truth, that claim, that premise. Premise two, today is Sunday. Again, something you can examine, a premise you can examine. Um, so then it leads you to conclusion. Therefore, the library is closed. Uh, the library is not open on Sundays, today is Sunday, Therefore, conclusion, the library is closed. Uh, and you can go back and follow the logic and see, yes, there's, there's a conclusion that holds, uh, holds weight. It's sound. Um, but we don't just look at the conclusions, right? We don't, just, uh, we don't just skip the argument, the premises, and just go to the conclusions and base the conclusion whether or not we agree with it or not. We need to look at the premises. And so it really comes to looking for perhaps assumptions that are being made. Another deductive argument would be um, practice makes perfect. There's premise A. Premise B, a perfect goalie would be signed by the NHL. Another premise. And the conclusion would be, therefore, with enough practice, I will eventually play goalie in the NHL. So there's a conclusion. Um, but if you look back at if you look back at the premises, you can actually poke a hole that, that even though the first one is a cliche, practice makes perfect, um, that, that doesn't take into account natural skill and ability and age and all those things. Um, where, where it doesn't matter how much practice I'm going to put in, I'm not athletically gifted enough to be perfect at playing goalie. Practice will make better. That would be a true statement. But that doesn't mean that practice will make me perfect. And so, so you can actually look at what are some of the assumptions. And, and if, you, if you can pull apart one of the premises, then the conclusion falls apart. And, and so that's what we need to do is we look at, at conclusions. Um, as we look at these, these claims of truth out there is, is ask the question of, do the premises all line up? Are they sound? Um, another way that you do this as well is by looking at the source material behind some of the premises. Um, for example, maybe you like me get lots of email notifications from my bank saying you must log in and change your password immediately. There's been a hack and, and, and maybe they have you know the RBC logo and everything looks legit. But then you look up, I go up and I look at where, where did the email come from. And uh, if I see that the email address it came from is, you know, royal.bank, uh, royal.bankers at uh, trustusthisisreal.rus, right? If, if, if the source it's coming from isn't trustworthy, then I don't trust the premise. And so we, we need to look at where the source, where are these things coming from? Where is the information coming from? And not just take everything uh, at surface level. Um, there can also be a inter different inter interpretation of the premises of, of, of these claims. Uh, for example, another common one would be um, A, uh, premise A, the Bible is written by human authors. Premise B, 
Human authors have limited perspectives and are prone to errors. So therefore, the conclusion is the Bible is not trustworthy. If you follow the line of, of, of reasoning, um, you know, it, it can make sense. But are there different ways of examining each of those premises? And as Christians, we would look at the second one, that human authors have limited perspectives and are prone to errors. And we would agree, okay, yes, we agree with that, but we believe that the Holy Spirit was working to illuminate them, the, 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 the inspiration of Scripture that God gave them the words to write, and that it wasn't just them writing, it was God writing through them. And so we would look at that argument to go, actually, the second premise, um, we don't agree with. There, there's something else there. There's something that you're missing. Um, and so really it is about testing conclusions, about not just uh, looking at the conclusion and assuming that each is true looking at the source, where they come from, looking at some of the assumptions and the biases. And, and we need to be really careful, really careful. And as, as your pastor, I, want, I, I beg you to, to beware of confirmation biases. That is, it's true because I like it. I look at just the conclusion without looking at the sources or the facts or the other side and simply look at the conclusion and go, I like that, therefore it's true. Or I agree with that, so therefore it's true. We need to be listening to other sides, other opinions, and grappling with why they believe what they believe. And maybe there's a hole in the logic that I'm believing. Um, this is one of the problems with social media is that part of the algorithm is that it's feeding you only the things that you agree with. Um, because you're more likely to look at it. And so they're only feeding us um, the things that the, the, the side that we have already taken. And so we don't get a nuanced opinion of, of everything. We're only getting one side. And so we're really careful of confirmation bias. It's true because I like it. Don't just listen to people that we agree with. We need, we need to look at a balanced opinion, look at sources, look at premises. Um, and not be swayed by truth. Paul's warning here is against false teachers, that we need, to be, we need to be cunning, that we need to be paying attention, not being swayed and pulled by philosophies and, and, and arguments that on the surface maybe sound plausible, but instead pressing in deeper and using our minds to examine these truth claims. And at the core of it, what I see here in, in, in Colossians is he's calling us, Paul, in the midst of all these these disagreements. Paul is calling us to unity in the centrality of Jesus, the supremacy of Christ. It's all about Jesus. It's all about the grace of Jesus. And in that, secondly, there's, there's a unity in our thanksgiving that the foundation of we were broken, we were separated, we were lost, but God saved us. And so there's a unity that we are all sinners saved by grace and we all worship at the foot of the cross. And finally, that we're called to an other-centered love. That's not about me and what I want and what I think is right, but it's rather how do I serve others and put the needs ahead of myself. And even as we, as we navigate these times, using our minds to, 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 to discern what truth is, he's calling us again to, to come around these central principles that Jesus is Lord, that we are sinners saved by grace, and that we worship together equal at the foot of the cross in unity, and that our our drive should be to love others and not just putting ourselves and our needs first. As we navigate these times, we're in it together. Let's be wise. Let me pray. Father, I pray that you would help us not just to, to agree with the truth that, uh, that comes before us because we like it, but rather that we press in, that we not be swayed either by the right or the left, but rather that we press in and ask you in wisdom, 
the truth based on your word, based on who you are, that we would spot inconsistencies, assumptions, and God, that we would stand for truth, not being swayed. Help us to be wise and unified in this as well. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hey, know that we're for you, we're with you. In this time, uh, we're together, we're unified, we stand united at the foot of the cross. If there's anything that we can do to help in this season, please just reach out and let us know. Talk to you soon.